Maddie lived this big, beautiful life with unparalleled passion and purpose. She was community oriented, even as a young child. She was a beloved member of the Essex Fire Department family. Uh, she was a beloved member of her school community, as well as our family. She also had a mystery disease that was progressive and cruel and repeatedly defied the medical odds, drawing everybody she met towards her and helping them believe in possibilities. Uh, she she uh, had an indomitable spirit and lived relentlessly a big, beautiful life that was filled with joy. She never understand, she never seemed to understand that her life was hard uh, and never complained, not once, after, even though she spent a quarter of her life uh, receiving critical medical care out of state. <laughs> she was a small, frail human being that when you first met her within seconds to five minutes, you were immediately drawn to her personality. Um, clearly, she was a different person than many other people. We met her on a day when our department was asked to fill a swimming pool as part of a Make-A-Wish request from her. And we showed up with a crew of probably close to 20 of our fire members. And when we left there after doing that, every one of us had that immediate, like, she's family. She's something way different, way special. And she did. She just drew you in, always always polite always happy always had a smile and then even the early days but even when her disease progressed um to where she became very critical you didn't know it if you looked at her and walked in and said hey addy how's it going she's always smiling and she's <laughs> always waving um she never showed outward signs of the pain and the torture she was going through from all the needles and procedures and everything. What was it like uh, having her, you know, a part of the fire department? Um, certainly brought smiles to everybody's face, uh, especially in these last few years when we were dealing with a pandemic and not everybody could go to work and so forth. It's just when you mention Addie, even today, when you mention her name or you mention Addie's engine, everybody lights up, everybody gets a smile on their face. Um, she certainly helped us far more than we could help her by swim, by filling a swimming pool, for sure. Not too long after we met her, we made an honorary member, and then we also gave her one of our radios so she could monitor our calls. And um, one day she had her little battery powered Jeep and we actually got a fire call in the neighborhood and we come around the corner with the engine and there's Addie in her Jeep on the sidewalk pointing us to where the fire was. So she actually was first due at the call, which everybody was laughing and smiling at that. And we're like, yeah, don't forget, we still have to go put the fire out. It was, right. a, shed, it was a shed fire in the backyard. So it, thankfully it wasn't that serious, but it was really cool to come around the corner and have her sitting there with a radio and a helmet on and showing us what we had to do. Right. I'll say as a mom, um... She found her passion and purpose at a young age, which doesn't happen for many people, and she didn't have a long life. So being able to see her pursue something that that probably would have been a career for her was really yeah. incredible. And to see her become a member of this family 
that wrapped around us as well. You know, she was isolated a lot, um, a lot of the time, even before COVID. And they would come, you know, to give reports to her after calls, because she always needed that. And maybe if she wanted, they might jump in a rain puddle or do a hula hoop or race her in their bunker gear while she's driving her little electric home engine. Um, so she would, you know, sit 15 hours for chemo and all that she would do is go through training videos and videos of her firefighters. And she just, she constantly was listening to the radio. If she was out of range, we would use a scanner and she would put somebody at home in charge of her radio. And she just was happiest when she was near her firefighters or that she heard that they were safe back in quarters during the pandemic. She she had a key to the station as every good member does. And her role was to go in daily and do a fire station inspection. Her her desire was that she would find one of her fire families and family members and be able to chat them up. But uh, most days, if she didn't, or all days, I guess, she would inspect all of the trucks, make sure hoses were in the right place. She'd let people know if they needed a bath or a tire change. Um, and that level of engagement and uh, cognition wasn't something that she really could apply in other areas of her life. And it was really incredible to see how how much all of that meant to her, but especially how much all of the people meant to her. Tammy, I, I just got your uh, email and it said, uh, Chief, that you uh, did the the eulogy. How was it to share, you know, your friendship uh, with everyone who cared about her? Obviously doing that, one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, and, but on a good, good note, when you look, around the audience she touched every single person that was there um and we made a lot of friends that with staff from like boston children's hospital and the national institutes of health that had come up to attend the service so people that we would in my lifetime would have never ever met had it not been for her so it's it's really cool that we've touched so many people from so far away all because of one little girl tammy what inspired you to create the foundation Sure. Uh, so Addie passed away on June 10th. Um, and Addie, if you knew Addie, Addie always had just, she trained me really well to take a lot of videos, pictures. Charlie was tra trained really well to make sure to send pictures from things that had happened on, on the scene. Uh, so she had this really big memory book that she left us, which we really treasure. She watched these things over and over and over, not as memories for herself, but as like reliving, reliving every single one of these moments, even if she wasn't there, she was reliving them all the time. So we treasure this, um, this big memory book that she left us. And it's not just our family, it's all of this extended family that she's adopted, right? So I was having a lot of people reaching out to me saying, send me this picture, I want this video. Then I somebody would create a t-shirt. So there became memorabilia that people were looking for. And I said, I'm gonna learn how to make a website, put all this stuff in one place so that everybody has a place to come. 
Well, when I was putting the website together, uh, the firefighter processional that occurred from the church to the fire station where we had our last call ceremony the they called out on dispatch for Addie one last time and she didn't respond so they said that her brothers and sisters would take it from here bagpipes nine yards went to put these videos on her website and I saw that only a couple of months later her fire truck processional had over 120,000 organic views on YouTube. It was not viral on social media. And I reached out to Chief Cole and I talked to my husband and I said, this girl is telling us her work isn't done yet, that her story has an important value to helping others, which is what she strove to do her entire life, to bring people together, to help people. So the next day we filed for a nonprofit, um, a 501c3 designation. We called it Big Beautiful Life because Mrs. Chief heard me say many times the day that we gathered after she died uh, at the fire station, apparently I said many times, Addie lived a big, beautiful life. So that's going to be the name of the nonprofit. That was the name of the website. And uh, what we decided to do as our mission was to bring joy and comfort to children in medical crisis, help their helpers, and raise awareness about medical complexity. So essentially, um, we want to be able to uh, help children and, and likely at some point expand that population to all people who are frequently hospitalized, spend a long hospitalization in the hospital or on, or on hospice. And we would like to be able to provide them with comfort and joy. We'd like to be able to strengthen and draw resources and community to them uh, and raise awareness and advocate for, for medical complexity and for the helpers that are in this circumstance. So for example, volunteer fire service here in uh, the United States. I can't remember exactly the statistic. It was somewhere around 70% of the departments are volunteer and they don't have the resources that they need, yet they run towards our worst nightmares and they do things like help my child have a big, beautiful life. So let's make sure that we strengthen that as a resource and we create these community connections. How important is it to be there for the helpers and the child? Our life showed us and Addie showed us that being there for the helpers and the child allows you to have more capacity when you don't think that you have the strength or the stamina yourself, right? But it's also very hard to build those relationships when you're trying to deal with a medical crisis. Yeah. So if we work to draw all of those folks together, uh, it really allows families and patients to be able to concentrate on having a big, beautiful life, having the quality of life that everybody deserves and maybe make that medical crisis a little bit more of a sideshow because living life is really the place to be. And Chief, can you tell me a little bit about uh, Addie's engine? 
<laughs> so yeah, during during our time with Addy, we had to replace one of our engines with a new one. So we went out and there's the whole engineering process where you come up with designs, go over the drawings, um, figure out what, what you want on the truck and how it's built. And from like day one, Addie took a keen interest in this truck to make sure that she was kept up to date on its progress. So um, the manufacturer sends us pictures throughout from the time that the axles get placed on the frame rails until the cab is on and the body's on and all of that. And so we'd, I'd send these to Addie every week on the progress and she'd say, that's my truck, that's my truck, that's my truck. So it was really a no-brainer when we went out to Wisconsin to do a final inspection of the truck that uh, my deputy chief and I, we just looked at each other at the same time and said, well, this is Addy's truck, so we're going to name it that way. So we created the design that's currently on the truck, and uh, the manufacturer was very, very pleased and happy to help us get that design finalized to put it on the truck for her. And we've shared the story with them and they've since publicized it out to all of their workers across the, and all their sales staff and everybody across the country to share Addie's story with about the engine. And the day that it came to our station, she was there um, when it arrived and I got in the driver's seat and we put her in the front passenger seat and I closed the door and she was all excited. She looks at me and she said, the, the original plan was we were all going to push it into the station. She gets in the truck and looks at me and says, can we go for a ride? <laughs> so I said, sure. <laughs> so I put it in drive and we just took off. And she and I went for a ride around the community. Everybody's kind of standing there. Speech is like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> so we had to go down the road, turn around, come back. And we, we came back in a short while, but uh, that was clearly her truck and her decision. <laughs> I'll tell you also, sitting on the pad, waiting for them to come back, we really weren't sure they were coming home. <laughs> and uh, during this process in the hospital, what was going on, Addie would have me print out every week all of these reports that Charlie would send us coming back from the manufacturer. And before anybody could stick her with a needle or have an appointment, she had to review with them the status of Addie's truck. So this week it's getting painted. This week they put my seat into the truck, <laughs> whatever it was. Nobody, nobody could have any medical conversations or interventions till Addie had updated them on what was going on with the engine. We'd also sign on with a truck instead of using the truck's number when we sign on responding to a call. A lot of times we'd sign on Addie's engines responding because we knew she would be listening and monitoring. So she would be clearly aware that her truck was going. You should have seen the, the celebration the first time that that truck signed on. <laughs> she was standing ready at her at her radio and she was still able to walk at that point. So she was squealing and jumping up and down and Addie's engine. And I think Chief Cole can tell you she really never liked it when it was out of service. <laughs> no, we. It, she didn't like it when it was dirty and she didn't like it when it was ever out of service. And we'd have to report to her how soon it was going to be back in service. And we had to let her know when it was in service too. And then if we ever got in the station and 
she didn't think it was clean enough. She would be very pointed. You go wash my truck. My truck's dirty. Go wash my truck. And we would. <laughs> How has creating the organization try to help your healing process? Sure. Um, it's unbearable to lose a child. It's un especially unbearable to lose a child that had such a large impact on the world. Addie required 24-7 care, and I loved being her mom and her caregiver. Having big, beautiful life gives me a place where I can take care of her in a different way by continuing her important work of taking care of others. It's therapeutic, it's a nice distraction, and it is powerful to be able to do for others what maybe they are not able to do for themselves, knowing that we're doing it in her name. She's always with us. Oh, I heard that. That's her number. That's her fire helmet. She was 15A1. What does that tattoo mean to you? She's always with me. Always will be. We have uh, published Addie's two books that she wrote during her lifetime. One of them being Addie's engine book, which was how she used to introduce herself to people uh, with some supported reading. We would read this book together and she would introduce herself uh, when she was meeting new firefighters or when she was meeting new medical professionals or just people in our community. And the proceeds of those books go back to the organizations um, that supported her in these ways so that Addie's engine Proceeds go to the fire department. And uh, the other book that she wrote was Addie's Angel Flights, an organization called Angel Flight Northeast that provides uh, free medical transportation via small private plane for people who can't access it outside of their area. Uh, she, in the last three years of her life, they organized 250 trips for our family. Um, and so the proceeds from that book go back to Angel Flight Northeast, as well as some of the other merchandise that we have on our website goes to different organizations that helped Addie thrive. Uh, we then moved into putting together something we called a joy kit, which is a homemade pillowcase filled with things to change the environment in your hospital room and to bring comfort, joy, and engagement opportunities into those rooms. Eventually those will be delivered, we hope, by first responders in the area of the child. Um, for now, we've raised enough funds and received enough donations to do over 200 of those. So that's exciting. Uh, and we are doing a campaign with a company called Brave Gowns to get a, a custom Essex Fire Department chief gown gifted by Addie and Big Beautiful Life into every pediatric hospital in the United States. 
And we are just launching a campaign for something called an adventure chair, which uh, is a program to help communities have a lending program to have a chair called an extreme modus, uh, which can bring physically disabled people and their loved ones out into uh, out of isolation and into the community to take part in activities that were otherwise inaccessible to them as well as nat natural areas. This chair floats in the water and it can take on roots and grades and, you know, go on hiking trails and do all sorts of crazy things. Yeah. yeah. How is that seeing, you know, the firefighters welcome in, Eddie? I like, like I, To have a front row seat to watching this membership that included Addie, right? She's part of the Essex Fire Department family. They all loved each other from the moment that they met. And watching her be a part of their family was so inspirational. These people are volunteer firefighters. Right? So they get paid when they go to a call, but they do this on top of their regular job. And still after calls, at some points, like nearly every call, they take the time instead of going straight to the station and going straight home to their family at home, they take the time to come to our house to report back to her about the call. Um, that's commitment, that's inspirational. And they have a lot of the same qualities that she does, right? That they have resilience and they're committed to community and to see all of that jive together was really, really powerful that they, this wasn't just a one-way commitment. This was people who really, truly wanted to be a family and wanted to be together after one chance meeting. It was quite incredible. You know, the one of the first times that she was isolated in our home over holidays, they arranged a multiple department parade past our house with Santa Claus and blaring Christmas music and, um, you know, just really wanting to make that special for her, even though we were kind of locked into the house. Um, and, you know, a fire truck, who gets an, their name on the side of a fire truck to have them just want to have dinner together or to everybody wants to come to training because tonight's the night that Addie's going to bring us cookies, you know, <laughs> <laughs> see them come to our house and race in a fire truck with our little girl driving her little fire truck next to them. Or, you know, how do you want to race? Do you want me to race in the fire truck or do you want me to get out and race in my bunker gear? We can do a foot race, right? Um, giving her a radio and making her an honorary chief. And there was just this extraordinary commitment. And it really helped our hearts to know that she was loved and that she belonged. Yeah. That's what everybody wants, right? To be loved, to belong, 
that she found her passion and purpose at such a young age. She passed away at 12. She otherwise wouldn't have found it had they not been there and seen that in her that first day that they came to fill the pool she was not to be found at the pool once they showed up she was with them and you would hear in the background video that they took that day where's Addie oh she's with the firefighters she wasn't <laughs> enamored so much with the trucks as she wanted to know who every one of those people were what their job was how did they do it how do you make a hose work um as a matter of fact, we had hose training at our house a few times. <laughs> <laughs> so just to see them love each other that deeply uh, was really, really incredible and really gave us a lot of strength and resilience as a family. And with the organization, how does it feel for you to, you know, either see or talk to these kids and families and you're just helping them? There is a lot of synergy, right? There is a flashback to times where we used to need to provide the level of care that they're providing to their children to be able to just show up on their doorstep and say, hey, I'm going to mail you stuff that's going to bring you some joy and comfort. Hey, can I send a fire department over to your house to drop that off where they don't have to worry about making a new connection in their life. They can still do their feeds, dose their medicines, put on their ventilator mask, whatever it is that they need to do as a family and understand that we're trying to build community around them in a way that happened for us has been really powerful. It also makes me feel like I'm taking care of Addie because I'm taking care of her legacy. So sometimes it's hard. We, we have lost our first big, beautiful life child. Uh, and we were able to provide a connection in that space. When this child was going to hospice, one of the emergency services uh, departments that knows Addie's story very well was transporting him to hospice and the family was able to make a meaningful connection with the EMT worker that was helping them make this unbearable trans like transition. Yeah. They were able to connect over whether this child was feeling comfortable and was the family feeling as comfortable as possible as they were being transported. They were able to connect over knowing Addie's story. And, under, and knowing about Addie's engine. And it brought them at least a small amount of comfort in this really impossible transition. And together as Essex Fire, Big Beautiful Life, and that family who unfortunately did lose their child, we were able to provide a token of our appreciation to them, a stone from Addie's garden and a thank you note from the family and really just kind of reinforce that, you know, all of you did this really hard thing together and it made a difference that you did it together, right? So there are good things about it and there are hard things about it. And um, we're gonna support families from the beginning to the end and it will help us as big, beautiful life members to 
know that we're continuing Addie's legacy. So can you tell me what creating the organization means to you? Sure, thanks. Um, it's It's been pretty amazing, uh, the reception that we've had. And uh, for the most part, I mean, for us, it, it really kind of grew pretty organically. It was really, you know, obviously I have uh, the president and CEO here as kind of the main driver behind all of this. But, um, you know, when we sat down and kind of talked about like how, how we could uh, continue on Addie's legacy, it just really seemed to make a lot of sense to start with like the joy kits that she mentioned that I, I did actually hear about. <laughs> and, uh, um, and, and that was because that was such a big piece of normalcy for us when we were in the, when we were in the hospital for long stretches and, and, um, and finding small ways of having joy and, and Addie showing us that, that, um, you know, she needs to be remain engaged. She counted on us to be engaged with her to have any kind of small joy that she had in the hospital. And so we would hear from a lot of the nurses uh, that would come in that, that that wasn't always the case with families are there for extended period of times and, and people kind of get lost in, in trying to do your job, but also uh, like just kind of being worn down by the, the regular ins and outs of all the medical staff throughout the course of the day. And, and um, so it's, it's been amazing for us to be able to see how it's grown and how excited we are that we're going to be able to present families that are in these situations with some small measure of connectivity and, um, and normalcy, perhaps, uh, for situations that really are anything but. Um, it's, it's meant a world, the world to us, I think. Um, and it really is in keeping with what, who Addie was. I mean, that was just the kind of kid she was. She, she wanted everybody around her to be part of her family and she wanted everybody around her to have fun and, and, you know, be silly and giggle with her. And, uh, and so this is the, the, the best way that we know of in order to start that process. I think we have, I'm sure Tammy's already said, you know, we have big long-term goals where we'd like to be um, helpful to the families in a, in a more financial way. Uh, but this is such a, a beautiful way to start. So it's, and it's allowed us to keep in touch with her and her memory on a regular basis without it being, uh, a, you know, a constant memoriam, if you will. I'm, I'm not really sure how I can explain it. We're not in a, it's not a constant state of grieving. It's, it's doing something positive with that energy. So. I'd love to talk before you ask Ian another question. I'd love to talk yes. about one specific item in the joy kit and Ian actually might be able to speak to it better, but um, the joy kits really are filled with things that uh, Addie loved to have in her hospital room and that the nurses and child life staff really love to have in her room. We heard a lot from her medical team, as Ian said, that other rooms weren't like this. So one particular item that Addie loved most was uh, what we call her party light and a Bluetooth speaker. And we would use it every day to have a dance party, whether we were at home or whether we were in the hospital. And it created this beautiful space where nurses and medical staff 
if they were having a hard day, they would just come into the room and turn on the party light, turn on the party playlist, and they'd have a dance party and kind of like let it go and have fun with Addie, but also decompress themselves, create an opportunity for engagement and uh, joy. And then we also use that light and Bluetooth speaker to help her calm down for bedtime. She was deaf blind and we'd put the the speaker right on her chest so that she could feel it and play lullabies, turn the big lights off, turn on the party light, and then she would have an opportunity to settle down. And the nurses always talked about how they could see all the lights almost always coming out of our room and coming down the hallway. So even if they weren't in our room, it would bring the nursing staff joy and peace to see, to see that during their work day. There was one particular moment that I will never forget when Addie was in the ICU. She was, um, believe, it was believed that she was about to die. She was no longer speaking or awake. And some of her team came to the ICU room, pumped up the music, held her hands, talked to her and started dancing. And they brought joy to that room at an unbearable time. And that was a way that they could engage with her at the end of their her life that was really meaningful and beautiful to them and to us. I don't know if you can say more about the party light, but I just. Yeah, I mean, that's, that was a big piece of it. So, um, you know, we just said she, she liked to have dance parties you liked there were certain songs that you really loved so it, it just made sense for me while i was there thank goodness amazon del delivers anywhere right <laughs> so uh so i was able to order from amazon you know a little disco light and a little speaker and uh, at the time we were we were in a room that was across the street from another hospital and uh and so <laughs> We're quite certain that when uh, when our disco light was going off, that people in the, in the hospital across the road were also able to enjoy it as well. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, and, and yeah, we we did get a lot of a lot of feedback from the staff that uh, that it, it just made things a lot more fun and a lot more. It just made things a, a lot more relaxed, uh, and it allowed the staff, I think, to feel like they were it was. They're taking care of a patient, but they're also part of a family when they came in. So it just made a huge difference, you know. Which I think probably still is the reason why we have so many connections still today with a lot of the, the staff that worked with us. So for both of you, what are some of the things you've learned from Addie? Oh my goodness, um, from Addie. Well, I mean, obviously. Um, you got to have an attitude. Um, that's one of the things that we like to have. And attitude is, uh, uh, it really is just that perseverance. Like, you, you know, no matter how bad you think it is, um, you just, you just got to fight through. And, and she was an amazing kid and that what she had to go through on a daily basis, she was just an amazing kid and it just was part of her life. It was never, there were never any complaints. There was never anything. I mean, obviously she would, if she didn't feel well, she would talk about that, but she never, she was never a woe was me kid. She, she just 
you know, dealt with whatever the hand was and, and, and that was it. Um, and relentless, I think that's the other big word. I think Tammy would probably agree. Being relentless is, um, is something that um, we probably didn't think of when we were, when Addie was with us. It really kind of spawned out of um, that word, at least for me, spawned out of the, the eulogy that her neurologist gave, uh, but it really fits in, in Addie's world. Um, you know, being relentless in things that you said, uh, staying, staying true to what you believe, but also um, just fighting through all the tough stuff um, and eventually you'll get there. And, and that's probably the big, two biggest things that I've learned from Addie. What I learned from Addie is that you only get one life and you need to choose how you're going to live it. And she never acknowledged that her life was hard. She always brought people together and inspired people to believe in possibilities, even if it seemed like there wasn't a possibility. I learned from her that it's important to be present in life, no matter what you're facing, to believe in those possibilities, to choose joy, to be an engaged community member and to help others, to really get over whatever the small stuff is that makes you anxious to come together, still come together and help others. Mm -hmm.